Hi, I'm Spencer Dupuy. Hi, I'm Nick Verzellini. Come out and join us August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for the Rocks Local Market Grand Opening located at 8310 Martinsburg Pike, Shepherdstown. Our show, The Sports Mix, will be broadcasting live 12 to 1, featuring interviews from Shepherd athletes. Again, please join us August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 8310 Martinsburg Pike to check out the new Rocks Local Market and meet Shepherd athletes. We look forward to seeing you there. Just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy and Nick Verzellini. Welcome into a fresh week of shows on the Sports Mix. Spencer Dupuy alongside Nick Verzellini. A big week for us. Uh, high school football begins this week in the Mountain State. We kick off Thursday with the annual Hedgesville at Washington game. Nick will have the play-by-play for that. I'll have the color. And then Friday, we're heading down to Salem, Virginia, as Martinsburg takes on the defending 4A Virginia Spring State champions, the uh, Salem Spartans. That game is at 7 with pregame at 6. Matt Miller will have the play-by-play. I'll have the color for that. And then Wednesday, we'll be out at Rocks in Shepherdstown. With their grand opening, we'll have some Shepherd athletes on. It'll be a live show there for us, our first remote show here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Big guest here in about six minutes, Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan. He'll be on to talk Washington football team as their second preseason game was on Friday night. A lot of things came out of that preseason game. Yeah, it was a uh, busy week. Or a busy week coming up for us this week, and obviously that was a uh, you know a, a, an interesting game to see the adjustments from week one to week two, which is really I think what we were looking for. You know where did this team improve? Where they maybe go down? And obviously uh, they have to get the roster cut down today. So Stephen Sims got released, which I'm sure we'll talk to Grant about that as well. But you know. The team's starting to come together, Spencer, and we're starting to see what the 2021 season holds for the Washington football team. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be an They might even have a name by the end of the year. I don't know. (laughs) We'll talk to Grant about that, too, because they had team president uh, Jason Wright on Thursday's show in D.C. on 106.7 The Fan. So we'll talk to him about kind of what he got from that interview as well. But before we go in... We'll take this. Will be a real quick segment here. Uh, talk Nationals baseball. They went into the, the end of last week really, really strong. Won a few games, and they went into Friday night's game and won that game. But then they kind of just gave up after that. They won four to one on Friday night after uh, sweeping the Blue Jays in a two-game set. Yeah, I mean this this team's going to have its ups and downs right now because they're going into a point where. They have some guys on the roster that are MLB ready and some guys that are trying to prove that they're MLB ready and some guys that are, you know, just called up to fill a roster spot. Yeah. So that's kind of how their roster is. You know, you got the guys like Soto and Bell that you know, okay, these guys can play in Major League Baseball. And the rest of the team, besides some of their pitchers, of course, um, you know, are are trying to find their spot. And they're going to see that inconsistency for the remainder of the year. I mean, in terms of – we talk about this, I feel like, almost every day – you know, in terms of wins and losses, it really doesn't matter. It's about figuring out who's going to maybe compete for the roster in 2022 and can actually help you down the line. 
Yeah, and there's a lot going on reshuffling everybody when it comes to the roster. They sent down Andrew Stevenson, who was a guy, utility guy used in the outfield. Now they have a guy named Lane Thomas who's really making a lot. He's doing a lot in the outfield and pinch hitting wise. Um, you know, he really came out of nowhere. Uh, but he's been making a big impact for the Nationals. He's not the youngest guy in the world, I don't believe. I think he is – he's 26 years old. But uh, he, he's definitely got a lot of potential. They acquired him at the deadline when they traded Lester to the Cardinals. They acquired him from the Cardinals. Um, he entered the 2021 season as the ninth-ranked prospect in the Cardinals organization, and he was the fastest base runner and best defensive outfielder in their organization. So – He'll be a guy that I think they'll really lean on the end of the rest of this year to see what he could do when it comes to a guy that, that could be in the outfield as a starting outfielder opposite of both Soto and Victor Robles or a guy that just comes off the bench and is a pinch runner or a pinch hitter. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing about the National League, right, opposed to the American League because you tend to see more strategy with how you use – those guys in terms of pinch hitters, pinch runners. And in the American League, you know, since you have the DH, so you don't have to worry about your pitcher hitting, pinch hitters only used late in the game maybe if you have a guy that's in the game for defense and you want a big bat to come in. So the bench is not used nearly as much, I feel like, as it is in the National League. So your value in your bench, I feel like, is at a higher level uh, in the NL than the AL. So having a guy like that that can steal bases and come in and, you know, let's say – I don't know, Bell gets a hit late in the game and maybe you want to bring him in for a run or something. You know, those guys have that more value for your team, especially in the NL. Yeah, they also um, had Kyle McGowan return from a rehab assignment and he was reinstated off the 10-day DL. And they also returned Austin Voth, the right-handed uh, relief pitcher, from rehab and reinstated him as well while designating Javi Guerra for assignment as well as optioning Andrew Stevenson to AAA Rochester. So I definitely think we'll see a lot of players have a lot of options left. We'll see that over the next couple weeks. And then when the rosters expand in September, they'll, they'll probably, depending on how I have not checked on how Rochester is doing this year, but if they're kind of out of contention as well, I think you'll see a lot of AAA come up and see what they can do in the, in the MLB. Anybody stand out to you that been called up since the trades have gone down that maybe didn't know much about or didn't expect to see that much production from? I really think it's got to be Lane Thomas. I just talked about him, but I, I think he's shown a lot as well. As And I think those young guys, whether it's Luis Garcia, uh, I think he's shown a lot. He's 21 years old, so I think him hitting a home run in his first game after the trades coming back, I think that's something you can look forward to as a guy like Luis Garcia. Yeah, I think Riley Adams has been productive as well. But, you know, I'm sure we'll get into more of this with Grant. And uh, Yeah, we might talk a little bit of Nationals. I don't right. want to take too much time out of his day. Yeah, I mean, he's a busy guy like we are, I'm sure. So, All right, well, we've hit got. the top for our first break. It was this segment was presented by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. That's ParsonsFordofMartinsburg.com. We'll be back after this break with Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan in D.C. on the Sports Mix. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. 
for used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. When you've been in a wreck, you're hurting, you're confused, the insurance company's calling you. Insurance companies are not your friend. They have a duty to their shareholders, not to you. That's why you need to call us to make sure that you are maximizing what you are entitled to. We've recovered over $100 million for our clients. Every case is different, no result is guaranteed. But one thing's for sure, we'll treat you like family. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. WVU Medicine introduces a new minimally invasive hysterectomy surgery to our area. V-Notes is an advanced gynecologic technique that provides many benefits to patients, such as shorter hospital stays, less post-operative pain, faster recoveries, and no visible scars. Dr. Aaron Miller and Dr. Lori Tucker with WVU Medicine OBGYN in Martinsburg are the only OBGYNs in the Baltimore-Washington metropolitan area currently offering this cutting-edge procedure. WVU Medicine, the future of surgery is here. Hi, I'm Spencer Dupuy. Hi, I'm Nick Verzellini. Come out and join us August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for the Rocks Local Market Grand Opening located at 8310 Martinsburg Pike, Shepherdstown. Our show, The Sports Mix, will be broadcasting live 12 to 1, featuring interviews from Shepherd athletes. Again, please join us August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 8310 Martinsburg Pike to check out the new Rocks Local Market and meet Shepherd athletes. We look forward to seeing you there. Howdy, cowpokes. Do your business cards look like they were designed by a coat roper? Well, this cowboy knows the advantage of dealing with folks the old-fashioned way. When you order printed material on the Internet, you're stuck with what you get. But when you need printed material to look just right, you want to deal with folks you know. And that's what you'll find at Panhandle Printing and Design, local folks that have been delivering results for years. They can help with everything from design to production of stationary envelopes, business cards, invitations, vinyl signs, banners, vehicle wraps, and a lot more. They can answer all your printing questions, and you can call them on the phone or hop on your horse and go see them, because they're your one-stop printing shop where they have something for everyone. Panhandle Printing and Design at 124 North Maple Avenue in Martinsburg. Call 304-267-7400. You can even find them online, too, if you want to. If you need printed materials, don't deal with some city slicker you'll never meet. Trust the folks at Panhandle Printing and Design. This is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. 
Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to the Sports Mix. We're having trouble getting a hold of Grant Paulson. But... Welcome back to the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 TV10. Uh, we're having trouble getting a hold of Grant Paulson, so we'll try that later. Um, we will just move on to our next topic, Shepard and Martinsburg football. Uh, Friday night we got to see uh, Martinsburg have a scrimmage against John Champer, Virginia. It was, a, it was a really good scrimmage for Martinsburg. Yeah, they, I mean, they won pretty much 40 nothing in the first half, and the JV guys got in and got to – uh, get a look at them, but what stood out to me, obviously Martinsburg looked pretty good overall, I mean, but a few penalties too many, I would say it would be the big thing that Coach Sherman wants to pick, wants to clean up, um, excuse me, before they head into the regular season is penalties, and you'll see that early in the high school season, especially, you know, false starts and offsides penalties on defense are going to hurt you late in the season. But if you can clean that up before the year starts, that will certainly be a benefit. But besides that, I mean, pretty much a perfect execution. They had some holding calls that I think were questionable, um, you know, early in the game. But I think overall they just were way above John Champ and, um, you know, pretty impressive first scrimmage, I think. Besides the penalties, or second scrimmage, I guess, but yeah. the first live scrimmage. Non-controlled scrimmage. Right. I think their two-quarterback system will be very interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, both guys look good. Uh, Badgett looked good, you know, throwing the ball, and the other kid, Cam, I can't remember his last name, but I think it's Cam Thomas, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a good runner, and, you know, they both have that dynamic, and I thought it was – I thought it, I thought it worked well, which kind of surprised me because usually two QBs is something that you try it out and then you just end up throwing it out because it just doesn't work well because guys can't get into a rhythm. But it seems like these two able to feed off of each other really well, at least in this first scrimmage. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a great scrimmage to see what they had what they have going into the season. And from what I understand, it's typical Martinsburg football. I've never had a chance to see them. Nor have, uh, have you had a chance to see them when you? No, no, I did yeah. not. Um, but it, they look like a, a great team as always. Yeah, so it should be a fun one. Salem on Friday night. You and Matt will have the call. And, yeah. Uh, what are you looking forward to about that one, Spencer? You know anything about Salem being from the area? I do not know much about Salem. I do know that they are the 4A Virginia State champions from the spring season. I know that Virginia has reclassified everything. They, I think they re classify their teams and redistrict and everything every few years because when I started high school in 2012 
they were still doing a different model. And then in 2013, they went to a conferences model. And that was through, I think, 2017, 18, or 19. And then they went back to this model, which is more of districts and, and things along those lines. But I think, I think Salem could be in a higher district or in a higher classification. They are 4A probably because of their population. But I think they have a good enough football team to compete in the 5A where I believe they were prior. So I think it, it'll just be more of a how does this team do kind of thing. Uh, it'll be a very tough task. I think it'll be a team that Martinsburg will play well against. Will It'll be more of a game against. Because right. there's there's some games in this area in, in Martinsburg where, where they just blow the other team out of the water. Um, I don't. I think that this will be more of a back and forth game because Salem is such a great team and can play on that on that level. Yeah, I think I think it should be a fun one, and obviously the atmosphere should be great too. Uh, you know, being a college stadium as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Even though I'll be back in the studio, you guys will be on the call, but uh, should be a fun one. We also had Shepherd Rams Media Day on Saturday, so got to look at the Rams. Uh, you weren't there, I was, so I guess I'll talk about it. Um, you know, not a whole lot to really see because it was a controlled scrimmage. I thought the the team executed pretty well. Um, and Coach McCook, I think just his speech before was was interesting to hear from him and what he had to say about the team. Similar stuff that we, we heard when we had him on the show, but um, some, some great stories too about all they went through last year and with the Mercyhurst game almost didn't even happen. So there was some great insight and – I think he said 16 of their players are graduate students. So they all elected to come back just to play one last year at Shepard, which I think speaks to how much this program means. I mean, I don't know how many two, how many Division two programs necessarily have that where guys are coming back just because they love football. Yeah. I think that – I mean, that just goes to show the kind of program that Coach McCook is running down there at Shepard. Mm-hmm. That you're a Division two program and you're still attracting players to come back for for their their grad season, their COVID year season. Yeah. I can't remember which player it was. It was one of the offensive linemen, I believe. And he called him and said, hey, we'll honor your scholarship. You know, we're not going to have a season this year. And then he said, you know what, Coach, I'll be back. I'll get my third degree to come back and play for Shepard. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I missed that. I missed the media day and scrimmage due to some personal things going back home, back on at home in Virginia. But I thought it was – think i wish i was there to see all that yeah that was that was a cool part of the luncheon portion and then um you know some of the fans got to meet and greet with the players uh and we got to watch practice or scrimmage uh the controlled scrimmage inner squad so you know those are always harder to tell i think how good your team is because you're not going against another team so you already know like what the other team's gonna throw at you opposed to when you're going against another team where you don't really know what their looks are going to be on game day or what their preparation is going to be. So, you know, Shepard kicks off on September 2nd, and it will be against Ohio Dominican, who they actually lost to in 2019. After having a 21-10 to lead, uh, Ohio Dominican came back to win 24-21. So looking to get revenge in Columbus. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That'll be a great first game for you and uh, Travis Smith to be on. Yep. Two Marshall guys too. We're we're really flooding in the green and white here in Martinsburg, so <laughs> that's just the way it is, I guess. But 
looking forward to that one. Should be a fun game. Uh, you know, Travis and I are think you're going to have pretty good chemistry and stuff based on how, you know, I've been talking with him and stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to you guys uh, calling that game. Sorry, I'm talking with Grant Paulson right now via messages. Um, I'm just going to – here. Uh, <laughs> live radio, folks, live radio. Anything else? Anything, uh, I'll talk about the Ravens for a little bit just to fill some time here, Spencer, Yeah. while you get that set up. So the Ravens won again. I believe that's 18 or 19 in a row. I can't remember. But – preseason wins which is pretty impressive kind of the opposite of what the Orioles are doing right now I'll just throw all my Baltimore teams in there you know the Orioles they they got a chance to win tomorrow I think they're gonna end the streak tomorrow Dylan Bundy's gonna say you know what you guys drafted me you gave me a chance I'll give you a win and end this streak the longest losing streak since 2005 you can bet on it the Orioles will win tomorrow they'll beat the Angels and end the streak Will they end the streak? You really think they're going to Yeah, end the Dylan streak? Bundy's going to hand them a win. You know, if they were going to win, actually, yesterday made the most sense because John Means was on the mound. Spencer All right. Watkins. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Can't even talk about my O's. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back for more of the sports mix. Hopefully, we'll have Grant Paulson. I believe he is on the line right after this on the sports mix. Sounds good. This is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You've put up with your water long enough. It's time for Sunset Water Services, your local water solution since 1989, to fix your water problems. Get better tasting, better smelling, and better looking water today. Say hello to drinking your own delicious water for pennies per gallon. Say yes to healthier skin and hair and to softer and brighter clothes. Sunset Water Services delivers your bags of salt to you, so they'll save your back too. And our products come with a one-year satisfaction guarantee. Call 304-754-9031 for a free water quality test today. Sunsetwater.com. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. All 
Welcome back to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740 and TV10. We'll now welcome to the program 106.7 The Fan, DC uh, host of Grant and Danny. Grant Paulson, how you doing today, Grant? I'm doing well. Thanks for the time. Thanks for joining us, Grant. This is pretty big for us. Uh, we'll talk about some Washington football team. As uh, You were at that game. Was that your first game as a fan Friday for uh, since 2019? Yeah, it was. I, I've you know been going to games since 1999 through 2019 with a credential, and I could count on one hand the number of games I missed. So to uh, be back in the press box watching the team and uh, reporting on the game was uh, was nice. After last year, I had a baby, and with COVID and everything going on, and the access kind of squirrely, weren't able to have one-on-one interviews and things. I decided not to go to some of the games, so it was really cool to be back. Well, that's great. Uh, what'd you see from this offense starting out the starting offense? I didn't see a touchdown from Fitzpatrick, but what were your impressions of him? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's so hard to evaluate, obviously, right, in the preseason because you don't know how much of the playbook is Scott Turner dipping into. What does he want to put on film and show the L.A. Chargers who are going to be game planning next week for this team going into week one? You also don't know if, if the team looks really good defensively. You know, is the team showing their best, or are they playing pretty vanilla? How many starters are out uh, for a defense against the first-team offense or, or vice versa for Washington's offense? Are they missing any key pieces? You know, in the case of, of the football team this past week against the Bengals, I was a little disappointed overall with the operation. I thought Fitzpatrick uh, regressed some in week one. I really liked what I saw. I thought he was really sharp and accurate and threw with ball plays but allowed receivers to make catches on the move and make some plays after the catch. You didn't necessarily see that to the same extent uh, in his second preseason outing. Now you go back to that first game where he played against the Patriots and he had his two best throws of August so far. Uh, one to Terry McLaurin on a little inner out, another back shoulder ball on the sideline to Logan Thomas, and there was nothing quite like that, I didn't think, uh, in preseason game two for him. But I really, really did like some of the young guys that performed. I thought Antonio Gibson looked like he's ready to start fast this year, and I think he's improved a lot as a ball carrier between the tackles and looked very patient and made some nice cuts. And I'm really enamored right now with Tommy Brown, the rookie wide receiver from UNC, who made a nice catch turning around toward the line of scrimmage and going up the ladder athletically, kind of using his hands to get up over a defender. Uh, I think he could be a really nice player for them this year. Hey, Grant, this is Nick Verzellini. Um, You know, of all the talent that this team seems to have around Fitzpatrick or, or Heineke, whoever ends up being the quarterback, are you concerned at all about those inconsistencies at quarterback that we kind of have seen so far in the preseason and for Fitzpatrick throughout his entire career uh, that that could maybe hold this team back this year? And Nick, I mean, it's a good question. So I would say yes in the sense that I think the supporting cast is better than the quarterback position. You know, and that goes kind of throughout the entire roster, not just on offense. This is a good defense. This is a solid wide receiving core. They've improved it a lot. You know, McLaurin's a star, and they go get Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys. They drafted the aforementioned De'Ami Brown. The running back position, I think, is pretty loaded, where they've got you know, a sophomore now, Antonio Gibson, who looks apart, and they've got J.D. McKissick coming off of 80 catches, which no running back had done here in about 20 years. And uh, They've got some depth as a short yardage back, Peyton Barber on the roster. and I really like Jared Patterson, who's making a push to make the team as an undrafted rookie free agent. And the O-line, you brought in a new left tackle and upgraded, I think, there in Charles Leno. You kick Sam Cosme and Cornelius Lucas to the right side. Uh, Cosme played a high-level left tackle at Texas. So I think they got a chance to be decent at tackle. They got an all-pro at Garden Sheriff. Rulier's established at center. You bring Eric Flowers back at left guard. And 
Schweitzer played well last year as a backup. So I like the line. I don't think they'll be elite, but I think they'll be, you know, in that 10 to 13 range in football or so, top half the league. So I say all that to say that I, I feel really good about this team outside of quarterback. And then the big question is the most important position on the field and what will Fitz give them? If it's not Fitz, is Heineke good enough to play like he did at the end of the year uh, in December against Carolina and January against Tampa Bay? And uh, I'm nervous about that. So, yeah, I, I go into the season with trepidation about a journeyman at quarterback and the guy behind him that everyone seems to be interested in in the fan base but who was out of football this time last year. So they got to cut five, four more players now by tomorrow afternoon. What does cutting Steven Sims today mean for that sixth wide receiver spot? Yeah, so I'm really enjoying the competition at wide receiver. Uh, some surprises, right? I mean, you mentioned Sims today gets cut. Uh, so Steven Sims will have to find a job elsewhere. Same with Kelvin Harmon, who played a bunch in 2019, caught some passes from Dwayne Haskins down the stretch, looked like an NFL wide receiver, big physical guy who can block a little bit. But because he's coming off an ACL, was a little slow developing this offseason, you know, he's out as well. So who's left now for the sixth job? You're looking at Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty, who they drafted in the fourth round last year. Uh, I, I think he'll probably be the guy that makes the team as wide receiver six. Fourth round is an early draft pick to give up on a year after you took him. And this coaching staff, I don't think, wants to you know, answer too many questions about botching a, a draft pick. That they don't have to answer. They could keep him as the wide receiver six and either just deactivate him or have him cover kicks, punts a little bit. Uh, this season, he can help them out on special teams some. But remember, he's not a return man, kicks or punts. And what that means is they might have to keep a seventh wide receiver if they keep him. That could be Dax Milne, seventh-round pick at a BYU, who is a star pass catcher from Zach Wilson at uh, Brigham Young last year. Or maybe DeAndre Carter, who's bounced around and played in the NFL. Uh, you've seen him with the Texans among some other teams. Uh, I think he could really make some sense as a punt, kick, return type. Uh, it's interesting because they could possibly give those duties to a non-wide receiver and then just keep Gandy Golden as the sixth guy or they could keep seven and keep Gandy Golden and either Carner, uh, Carter or Milne. Uh, my guess is they keep six with, uh, with AGG as the sixth, and then the seventh wideout is Carter, and he ends up maybe being their punt returner. You talk about wide receiver, and a guy that nobody's seen yet on the field for the Washington football team is Curtis Samuel. Are you at all uh, like concerned that he has not played in the game yet or not been much practiced, practiced much so far? I'm not concerned about his lack of work this preseason i am worried about his durability this year if that makes sense here's what i mean i mean by not participating in camp and by essentially shutting him down now for the preseason until week one i think he'll be healthy and ready to go for the first game of the season but in my time covering football specifically the four years i was on the beat from 10 to 13 every day practice and in the facility i saw so many guys who would miss valuable time leading up to the year, and the whole goal was to just have them healthy to be ready to go at the start of the season, and they'd come back and they'd be fine. But pretty quickly thereafter would have some type of issue because they weren't quite in football shape. Like you could be in shape and run miles and miles on the treadmill and not get tired, but it's a different thing in terms of getting hit and uh, being able to you know get back in the huddle and, and run and play after play and get into the sideline and being able to avoid the contact when you're fatigued and running across the middle. So my concern for Samuel does exist, and it is based on like what is to come, not what's already happened. I think the groin issue will be behind him. I think his COVID symptoms or whatever he was dealing with on the COVID list, probably a non-factor when the season starts. 
But I do think there's going to be a ramp-up period where he's not in football shape, and he's going to have to work overtime and get a lot done in a short time, and that's what worries me. Grant, when you look at the running back position, in particular Jared Patterson, I mean, he's been arguably the biggest story uh, of the preseason for the football team this year. Uh, Do you see, though, a a role for him? Because this is a team with Gibson, McKissick, and Peyton Barber all coming back, so that would be carrying four running backs on the team. Uh, How do you see that kind of shaping out? Yeah, obviously they could maybe move on from Barber. I would not do that. I know that's kind of a a thing that a lot of fans want to see. Barber's so effective in short yardage, to your point, though. I like to call him the and one guy, third and one, fourth and one. You know, you need a foot, you're on the goal line. He comes in, he plows through the line of scrimmage, and he gets you what you need. Uh, I think Patterson has a low-to-the-ground 5'8 kind of bowling ball, might be able to give you some of that, but there's also some some nuances and some intricacies of the position mentally that don't always come right away. So I would keep him as the RB4, and what I would do is, is there a role for him? Maybe not right away. I mean, he could be their kick returner if they wanted to activate him on game day, but I would probably lean toward not having him active in those first few weeks, going elsewhere for kick and punt returns. I mentioned maybe keeping DeAndre Carter on the roster. He could do that. A couple other guys could give you your kick returning propensity. And then what I would do is he's kind of the next man up. I think of him as a you know, nice replacement if anything happens to McKissick because he's got great hands out of the backfield. Uh, that means he'd have to be able to pass protect. He's got to show them he can do that. I don't know that he's been put in a position to do that in the preseason just yet. Um, that's probably the most critical thing for a young running back to prove because you know from his college numbers he can run. We've seen that already, uh, that he can catch as well. But he's also a nice insurance policy for Antonio Gibson. I mean, frankly, guys, think about this. If something were to happen to Gibson knock on wood, McKissick is not an all-down back. That's not a guy yeah. you want carrying the ball 16, 17 times. And Peyton Barber is probably a worse option to do that than McKissick, frankly. <laughs> Great in short yardage, but in 15 carries, he might get you you know, 38 yards or something like that. So what are you looking for? Well, a guy like Patterson would be the next man up to go carry the ball 16, 17 times perhaps in like week seven if something happened to Gibson. So he would make my team. I'm putting him on the roster in Sharpie. The question becomes, is there a role, as you said? And I think right away there might not be, but he's waiting in the wings in case you know, you have an injury and need a replacement. What do you think about this tight end position behind Logan Thomas? You have a guy in Samus Reyes who hasn't played football prior to this year, missed the last game, and then Hemingway, who I believe was out as well, right? Yeah, Tamaric Hemingway didn't go, was dealing with a concussion. Samus Reyes obviously didn't play either. Uh, John Bates is going to be their tight end too. I like John Bates. They drafted him in the mid-rounds out of Boise State. He's big, he's physical, he can block. I think his hands are decent. Um, he's got a big catch radius. He's the kind of guy I like in the middle of the field, in the red zone, kind of throw the ball up and let him go get it, Logan Thomas style. Not quite as athletic, obviously. Not going to make a whole lot of leaping catches, but I think he can make contested catches. Uh, The question becomes, how often are they going to use a third tight end? And what do you want out of that third tight end? I think Samus Reyes is the perfect practice squad tight end. He's still got a lot to learn. You saw him fight a couple of footballs when he made a couple catches in preseason game one and then not being able to play in the second exhibition game was you know, too bad. And it's a little bit costly probably. He needs all the time on the grass he can get. The only reason or way I can see them keeping him on the, the 53 is if they know that another team is going to pluck Sammy's race and is going to put him on their roster and they're just sure of it. If that's the case and you got to protect him, then by all means keep this guy in your organization. You want him as a part of the outfit. He looks like he could have 
a special skill set. But he's not going to be able to help you a whole lot, in my opinion, right away. I do think he can block. He looks really, really strong. And assuming he knows where to go and who to hit at, at any given moment as a guy who's brand new to football, he could be a tight end three for them. They could absolutely keep him. Um, but I just think there, there's you know, a more proven commodity in Ricky Seals-Jones on the roster. I might go with him. And, and assuming I – confident I can get Reyes to the practice squad and no one else is going to take up one of their 53 roster spots to, to put him on their team, that would be my plan. Yeah, I think they could also stash him on the IR would be an option. Um, but he could be coming. If, he, if, they, if he's not healthy this week, I mean, that would start to make me think that they're headed that way. Right. Uh, but I wanted to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know that is kind of the focus of this team in terms of where the most talent appears to be. And uh, what do you think about Jamin Davis so far in his preseason? Davis, you mentioned? Yes, Jamin Davis. How do you think he's done so far? You know, it's interesting. It's a good question. I'm disappointed in what I've seen. And I want to say that with the caveat that it's very early. And, I mean, what really would or could he have shown to this point that would, you know, blow you away? It's been a handful of reps here or there. But I'll say this in the second preseason game this past week, Friday night against Cincinnati. I was at FedEx. And because I wasn't watching on TV, I really spent a bunch of time just watching him when the defense was on the field. And he was very hesitant to me. Uh, you, you, you would see, you know, you would notice it right away if you were watching him. Like a lot of jabbing his feet, kind of, you know, running in place while you saw Cole Holcomb or John Bostic sprinting past him, already having diagnosed something. And I think that that makes sense, right? You're young, you're learning, the game hasn't quite slowed down. I, I guess I was hoping to just see him in attack mode right away, like coming downhill, yeah. blowing people up, you know, playing 100 miles an hour, reckless abandon. And we're not there yet. You know, maybe that's going to come, hopefully sooner than later, because defensively, in my opinion, they really need this guy make strides as a defense. I mean, they were really good last year, but they played some terrible offenses and some awful quarterbacks. And so to get better this year, I think you probably have to have Jamin Davis being one of the lead members of any step forward, because it's really only a few new faces. It's, it's him, and you know they did draft a Benjamin St. Just who's going to play, and uh, they did bring in Bobby McCain at safety and William Jackson at corner, but by and large, he's kind of the highest profile new face. So there's some pressure on him to play well. And you look at the secondary. Uh, they brought in William Jackson the third to kind of be that cornerback two, and then that you have Benjamin St. Just as the rookie on there. But you'd also have Troy Apke transitioning from safety to cornerback. It's a pretty loaded corner position. It is. Yeah, I'm really curious to see. That might actually be the best roster competition on the team. There's a guy I hadn't heard of before training camp or didn't really know anything about, Tory McTire, who I think's had a really good preseason, actually started with Benjamin St. Juice on the outside of corner this week because both Kendall Fuller and William Jackson run available. And McTire played well. Like, he actually made plays and was consistent and, and looked technique-wise like he knew what he was doing. So I've been really impressed by him. I think he said as many – solid plays and good moments and helped himself as much in two games as anybody on the team. So I'd even throw him into that conversation. The thing about Apke, like it's easy to say Apke's not a guy you probably want on the grass on defense a whole lot early this year, and that's true. But he plays four special teams units, and he's really good at them. He might not be special or elite. like He's not going to the Pro Bowl as a special teamer, but he's really good. 
So it's to me, it's hard to see them not finding a spot for him unless they're just that confident that one of these other guys can be their special teams ace. I'd say the same thing about DeShazer Everett at safety. They might have better safeties than him. I think Jeremy Reeves might be a better player. Bobby McCain comes over. I talked to Ron Rivera several weeks ago on my show, and he was raving about him. He thinks he's a you know, big reason why the Dolphins last year broke some records in terms of takeaways, and he thinks he can bring that to this defense, which is all well and good. But special teams are significant, and yeah, Everett's are. awesome, and Atkey's awesome in that area. And so, uh, you know, at least one of those guys, if not both, to me, should be on this roster. What about Landon Collins? He had a great play coming back. You know, his recovery is just immaculate. He had a great play in the second quarter on Friday night that really showed you he's back. Yeah, I think he blew up Thaddeus Moss on that play, yeah. who was like a fan favorite at one point in like revenge game coming back to Phoenix <laughs> Field for a guy who got cut, uh, former Washington footballer. But, yeah, uh, Collins' return to health is unbelievable. I, I marvel at it. I mean, it's insane. Not that he was old. But at his age, with the wear and tear on his body, to come back as fast as he did, like you might see that from a guy in college or a rookie or something, but pretty amazing. And it's not like he's backing on the field and like looks slow or, or, or a step behind. To me, he's played as well, if not a little better in some cases maybe. Looks as, much, as fast and twitchy and with as much burst as he did before. So I'm really impressed. You know, he clearly – was watching Cam Curl last year like the rest of us. We were all blown away by the seventh-round pick, and he must have been thinking, uh-oh, i got to get my act together because that guy's going to steal my job. And that's what happens sometimes, right? You, you create some competition, you push guys, you breathe on the back of their neck a little bit, and you get something out of them you didn't know was there. So it's been good to see him return. Grant, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, how do you see the division playing out with – all the uh, different situations, you know, Dak's coming back, Giants upgrade the receiver, and Jalen Hurts might be the guy in Philly. So how do you see the division playing out? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, for me, I'm going to pick the Cowboys by a game over Washington based on the return of Prescott. Having said that, I don't feel good about that being right the way that the Cowboys' offseason has ended here with Dak back on the shelf. The fact is this. The Cowboys' defense is not good, and so they're going to need to score mid to high 20s points every single week to win. I think if Dak's on the field, they'll do that. Got a great receiving core three deep and and a really good backfield two deep and weapons all over the place. So I'm going to give them the nod just narrowly. Here's why. I think offense is more important than defense in today's NFL, and I think they're built on offense. Washington's built on defense. So I'll say Dallas goes uh, 10-7. and I'll go Washington 9-8. and I think the team people are sleeping on a little bit is the Giants, who I think are 8-9. and nine. Uh, If you told me right now they were 9-8 and eight and were a wild card, made the playoffs, it wouldn't shock me. I think they got a good defense, and, and Daniel Jones finally has some weapons to make him look a little better and help him grow. And uh, I'll have the Eagles pulling up the rear. I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I'm not sold on their coach, Nick Sirianni. I don't, don't know a lot about him, and I just haven't been that impressed with what I have seen. Um, so I'm in wait-and-see mode with him and with Hurts, and uh, I'll, I'll say they win six games. So it's going to be a log jam again. Like always. Looks like it. Yeah, it's always jumbled up, right? Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Grant. It was great to have you on the show. My pleasure, guys. Be well. Thank you. Grant Grant and Danny, 106.7 The Fan in D.C. His show is on at 2 p.m. So if you're in D.C. and you're just tune, tune it in. Great guy. Great to have him on. He had some phone issues in the studio. That was, that was the problem why we didn't get him initially because um, he didn't have service in his studio. Pretty interesting.
Yeah. You don't have phone service in your studio. All right. Especially in D.C., right? Yeah, in D.C. Well, this segment was brought to you by Rockwell. Rockwell is now hiring for their new facility in Ranson. All employees receive competitive wages and great benefits plans, training programs that support their career growth. Go to rockwelljobs.com slash radio. we come back, we'll talk about all the other things going on in the sports world. That's next on the Sports Mix. Rockwool is one of the world's leading manufacturers of stone wool insulation products and is seeking motivated individuals like you to join their team right here in Ranson, West Virginia. Right now, open roles include general operator, warehouse person, machine technician, and electrical and instrumentation technician. All Rockwool employees receive competitive salaries starting at $17.50 per hour, five-day work weeks, and eight-hour shifts, plus full benefits package on day one of employment, including health, dental, and vision coverage for employees and their families, paid time off, educational reimbursement, a 6% 401k match, and more. If you want a well-paying job and the potential for a rewarding career with a top employer that offers exceptional employee support and development opportunities, visit rockwooljobs.com slash radio for information on all current job openings right here in Ranson, West Virginia. Apply now at rockwooljobs.com slash radio. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The 2021 season has arrived. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Donaldson, Senior Vice President of Media and Content, inviting you to join myself, Bram Weinstein, and D'Angelo Hall for all the live action throughout the year. I'll be joined by Washington football great Santana Moss for our pregame show, while Scott Jackson and Fred Smoot anchor our postgame show. Right here on your Eastern Panhandle home for the Washington football team, 106.5 FM, AM 740, Talk Radio WRNR, your local talk, news, and sports leader. Please join us for the Rocks Local Market Grand Opening at 8310 Martinsburg Pike on August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. for food, fun, and games. Shepherd athletes will be there testing their athletic prowess in giant beer pong, Plinko, and other fun events. Tell your friends about it. Tell their friends about it. All of Rock's friends and neighbors are invited to come by for a cup of coffee and sit a spell. That's 8310 Martinsburg Pike on August 25th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix, the segment Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. That's HagerstownFord.com. Nick, uh, big, big history went down in baseball last night. Tigers' Miguel Cabrera hit his 500th home run joining the club. Uh, I believe 27 other players have ever done that. 
Yeah, Cabrera arguably the best player of our generation in terms of hitting at least. And uh, 500 home runs. I mean, the guy was already a lock for the Hall of Fame, and he just continues to, you know, climb the record books. I mean, it's between probably him or Poolhouse, I'd say, for at least from you know 2000 to 2010, 20 probably like 15 for Cabrera, and he started a little bit later, but. Uh, you know, probably the best player of that of that time period, and obviously, you know, he continues to cr- climb the record books. Um, you know, excellent career and uh, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Yeah, and in that game, it was a one-one pitch from Stephen Matz, the former Met, uh, hit that over the right center field wall against the scoreboard. The Tigers ended up winning that game five to three. So a 400-foot homer was big part of the win. Yeah, I mean, wins don't matter for the Tigers, but yeah, <laughs> they're like my Orioles. They're just trying to lose. I think they're better than your Orioles. Slightly. But here's the thing. Everybody's picking on the Orioles, and they're not the only team tanking. So yeah. I mean, the that's a conversation for another day. Exactly. They're just doing it better than everybody else if you're looking to lose. I mean, what is that, eight, 18 straight? 18 straight, but it ends tomorrow. Speaking of the Orioles, did you see what I told you yesterday, didn't I? They got picked next year for the uh, Little League Classic. They were supposed to do that, I think, this year. Last year. Well, yeah, whenever they were going to make it up. Yeah. So they finally do get to do that, which, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think it's as big a spectacle as the Field of Dreams game is. But I think it's it's really cool for the kids. It's cool for the kids. That's kind of what I'm getting to. But I think, like, if you're there – if you're a kid, like I saw them coming off the buses yesterday, the players coming off yeah. the buses, and then the the kids were there to greet them. I think that's pretty cool. What was the game this year? It was the Angels versus the Indians. Okay, I don't I don't know who won that game. Right, but um, I mean, hopefully the Orioles have somebody that the kids care about, right? Some good, yeah. good player next year, so they can at least maybe meet Adley Rutschman. That would be cool. Yeah, I still don't know who that is. He's the number one prospect in all of baseball. I know you kept telling me to know him. You kept telling me to know him the other day. You'll know his name. Um, Let's transition for the last, uh, I'd say, two minutes. NFL news: The Indianapolis Colts saw Carson Wentz come back to practice today, three weeks after his surgery, and is optimistic to play in Week One. That is big news for the NFC East, only because he has to play in, I believe, seventy-five percent of the snaps. For them to get their right. first yeah. round the competitive pick. Comp- yeah. compensation pick for yeah. the Eagles, so so if he's back, hopefully you know he can just stay healthy. I mean that guy's had a rough career, yeah, in terms of injury luck, and obviously you know the year they win the Super Bowl, he he was on pace probably to be the MVP, and then got hurt, and then Foles comes in plays great, and everybody kind of just forgets what Carson Wentz did for them, and now he's coming off of a really bad season, so very bad. You'd like to see him play well in Indianapolis I think other quarterback news uh interesting very interesting thing I don't understand how this happened but a misunderstanding over COVID-19 testing away from the facility keeps Patriots quarterback Cam Newton out until Thursday I haven't really read into this much but he could it's the test conducted away from NFL facilities and apparently there is a misunderstanding with the test so all all that means to me is that this week during practice, Mac Jones will get the first team reps. Right, and we might see that at some point this season, or at least 
probably by next season we'll see Mac Jones as their quarterback. Cam has been playing well during the preseason, so in terms of New England quarterback competition, I mean, Cam's going to be the, probably the opening day starter, but you know that to me just means more about how will the COVID-19 continue to affect the NFL this year like it did last year, and obviously we know that if you don't have enough players to play, you get a forfeit. At least that's what they're saying as of now. I, I, I'll believe it when I see it, honestly, with that. All right. Well, we've reached the end of the show today. We'll be busy after the show today. As we'll we be busy get, all week. Spencer. We'll be busy all week. It'll be the first week of our busy careers. Uh, we'll be out at Washington getting interviews for the pregame show. That's going to be Thursday night at 6 p.m. We'll talk to you tomorrow in 23 short hours. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Boy. Thanks to Grant Paulson for coming on today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>